You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 75. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey friends, I hope you are having a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode today. We have had six or seven solo episodes in a row, and like I've been talking about these past several weeks, I've really been enjoying just talking and getting to know you a little bit more as I hear from you and for you all to get to know me a little bit more. And all of these topics that I've been diving in these past few weeks, things like self-sabotage, manifestation, comparison, and today all about codependency, friendships, relationships. Uh, I'm not really going to cover romantic relationships today. I am going to talk about codependency a little bit, but this episode is really about the the relationships that we have in friendships and perhaps some family members. I will talk about loving relationships at some point, and I did in one of these episodes where I talked about my five biggest lessons in romantic relationships. But all of these topics are surrounding topics that we need to really look at when we are healing ourselves, healing our relationship with food, getting into business. That is a big one, especially in relationships, because if you don't have people around you that really understand and that can really get your perspective and believe in you, It's very hard. And that held me back for a really long time. So remember that people can only see your life or anything to the extent to which they can understand. So if they don't understand your life and what you want to do and the dreams that you have, if they can't see that in themselves and they've never experienced that, then it's, then that's like as far as they're going to go. So it's not like anything personal, anything to be upset about. Uh, It's just like life and the things that happen. And I feel like, like I said, all these surrounding topics are all things that we need to know and need to just be aware of. It's not like these things ever go away once we get to a certain point, which I talked about in another one of the solo episodes. It's like we just need to become aware and open to the evolution of our lives. And this is something that happens in friendships and relationships. And it is so hard. So I don't want to downplay how difficult these things can be. 
And today I'm going to be giving you some tools to become aware of what codependency is, how to spot it, how to sort of recover from it, and how to deal with changing friendships throughout your life and the role that friendships have in life. Uh, I did an episode with two of my closest friends, Carla and Michelle, uh, last December. I will put the episode in the show notes. There we talk about the importance of support and sisterhood. And that's something that is mentioned on a lot of the podcasts when I talk about or when I have interviews and I speak with people, especially women. I'm just a big fan of being around women and near feminine energy and, uh, you know, women identifying people, just there's a certain sisterhood that happens around that. And I have been even opening up myself a little bit more this year because I have been around more men in business and just like in my circle after I had been sort of not closed off from that. It just so happened that, you know, the people that I was around were always women and I tend to get along better with women. But now I've been developing more friendships, uh, specifically in business with with males and, uh, you know, other men. And, and that's been great just to sort of open up my mind. But before we get into that, I wanted to do my little bit of housekeeping that I always do. I have put uh, delayed uh, my prep like a pro email course. I said that it was going to come out in March. I'm recording this on April 1st, the day before this podcast comes out. So we're going to wait about two weeks. So we're going to launch this about mid-April and we will have the cooking school ready in May. So the cooking school is going to be a comprehensive, just my goal for this, I'm like stuttering because I have such big goals for this school. If you take this course, you will learn how to cook. So I've done this course once and it got amazing feedback, but I have doubled the amount of content and I reshot and am in the process of reshooting all of the videos for it and doubling the amount of content and really taking all of the feedback that I received from the first round of people that took this course and implemented that. So it's super comprehensive. I'm confident that if you take this course, you never have to wonder how to cook again. That is my goal. And that is such a big problem that so many people see and experience in their lives like on a daily basis with that question that none of us want to hear. I I can't, you know, my heart goes out to all the moms out there that hear that every day with their children. Like, hey, mom, what's for dinner? Or hey, dad, what's for dinner? Um, You know, even if you're single, even thinking of what to feed yourself, this course is going to solve all of those problems for you. It's basically going to give you a framework to cook and for you to, you will have the ability to take that framework and then sort of make it your own and tailor it to your goals, your lifestyle, the things that you like, the things that you eat, things that make you feel great. So be on the lookout for that. I have also, as always, been doing my one-on-one coaching. And this week, I'm in the process of changing my Instagram handle to Ashley Pardo Coaching. So this business is really shifting over to just a full-fledged coaching business with online courses and my, you know, one signature product, which is the cooking school. And I will likely have a continuity membership group later this year that will include strength training workouts and 
all of the group coaching that I do for nutrition is going to be funneled into that group because I have found that it's really great to have a community around you. And I feel like the curriculum that I teach in those courses is something that can be delivered via membership. So it is more accessible to people. So I want for people to come to have the ability to come into my business at different price points. So the membership group is really going to encompass that. And then if you really want healing and transformation with food, or you want to grow your online business, you can reach out to me for one-on-one coaching. And I also have the mastermind, which is going to be opening up uh, for the second round this early summer in July. So I still have a couple rounds. We do have rolling admissions. So if you're interested in that, just send me a message. I have been talking to people for the past several weeks uh, for coaching, and it's just so exciting to see this other part of my business grow and this whole new, pretty much everything that I've imagined is slowly happening. And coming back full circle to what I was talking about at the beginning, it's really a result of what I'm talking about in these episodes and being committed to growth and being committed to your life changing. Because when you want to level up, it is not easy. It's painful. You're going to have to sever ties with things that hold you back. Those things that like I'm picturing somebody on the floor, like tied to the ground. And that's what I felt like. And then with everything that I began to let go of and and everything that you can end up letting go of, you can really grow so much more. And I understand, you know, that some relationships like with parents or, you know, toxic siblings or something like that. I'm not talking about my own family here, but with people in your life that you don't, that, you know, that just bring you down constantly that you can, you know, you don't have to completely cut ties, but you can do something where you can create boundaries around that. And codependency is something that is so interesting to me because it is something that is so prevalent. And we think of it in romantic relationships, right? We think of us being tied to other people who perhaps are addicted to something That's usually what is meant when you hear the term codependency. I recommend reading a book by Melody Beattie. I think that is her name. Uh, It's called Codependent No More. That is an amazing book. And it really breaks down what happens in codependent relationships. So when we think of codependency, we think of excessive emotional, or this is the definition, excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner or a friend, I think, typically one who requires support on an account of an illness or addiction. So I think that that's sort of an intense description. And of course that exists. But what I'm trying to say is that codependency and even having those emotional ties to what people think and being obsessed with like controlling what people think about you and their perception of you in the world, I think that this exists on a spectrum. So I don't think that Your codependency has to be really intense to the point where it's like holding you back in life and like you're in a drug addicted partnership or something, which has happened to me. I was in my early 20s with somebody who was a drug addict and that was definitely a codependent relationship because I was obsessed with fixing him and with, you know, completely changing my life so that he would be okay and like that's not healthy, especially when, you know, intense drugs are involved. Um, 
because you'll never be able to fill that void for somebody. And, you know, so that was something that I went through, but I even have seen codependency pop up in my life in these past several years, just being attached to what other people think of me, being attached to, like I said, other people's perception of of what they think I'm doing. And in these past several, maybe these past two years, I've really let that go for the most part and just really have allowed things to settle where they are, um, which I will talk about in a little bit. But another definition of codependency, it's a behavioral condition in which a relationship in a relationship where one person enables another person's addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement. Among the core characteristics of codependency is an excessive reliance on other people for approval and a sense of identity. So that is exactly the spectrum that I'm talking about. I'm talking about like you can be in that super intense state in a loving relationship, or you can just be somebody that has an excessive reliance on other people for approval, for what they think of you, for who they think you are. So as you change, if you are codependent, you will maybe not change or hold yourself back in becoming who you really want to be, whether that is somebody who does not struggle with food anymore, whether that is somebody who eats healthy, who goes and exercises on a Saturday morning, somebody who wants to have their own business or get a divorce or whatever it is that you want to do in your life. If that is moving to another state, if that's marrying somebody, like whatever it is that you do that gives you growth, if somebody is holding you back or you are, or you're feeling like the ties are like still on you, that grip is on you, I think that's a little bit of codependency. And I think that it's okay. Like I said, this is a spectrum. And I think that we might always feel this. The difference is how we respond. So we might feel like, oh God, like, you know, if this person, you know, is going to feel uncomfortable with my life choice or or doesn't agree and now I'm becoming something different and they don't recognize this new person and that makes me uncomfortable because like now they're not comfortable with what's going on with me. That can be really, you know, disconcerting and it can hold us back. But the point is that it doesn't have to hold you back, that you can use the tools that I'm going to talk about in this episode and sort of create that um, space in between so that you have the space for things to settle in your own life. So a lot of times with friendships and in loving relationships, we stay past the expiration date and kind of getting ahead of myself. That's something that I'm going to talk about later as I get into friendships. But some signs of codependency are low levels of self-esteem, low levels of narcissism. So that's where you have an excessive reliance on your own self and you're you really only care about yourself uh, familial familial dysfunction depression anxiety stress low emotional expressivity you have a hard time saying no this is a really big one you have poor boundaries another huge one uh, relationships that don't have boundaries are very codependent because it's like hey I'm here I expect you to do everything for me right now. And I actually had a friendship that I, that is no longer a friendship anymore because it was a very codependent relationship and it was a one-sided relationship. And I, you know, that 
it was very hard for me to let that go and be okay because there's a lot of history but there was no boundaries for that person on me and that person felt very uncomfortable when I would set boundaries in place for my own life and that person took that as me not being there for them and that is codependent so we have a lot of also emotional reactivity you always feel a compelled sense or you always feel compelled to take care of people you have a need for control especially over others hello who has been there before so many of us trouble communicating honestly this is a big one because we don't say how we really feel we'd rather like shove our feelings under the rug so that people won't be uncomfortable with our truth and like that really sucks if you can't do that in a relationship and of course I think that even within there being a spectrum of codependency, there's a spectrum to which like you have to be diplomatic and being honest. Of course, like with my husband, I am like 100% honest, maybe too honest and him the same with me. But like with your boss like or something, like you're not going to be, you know, like the way that you are with your husband, with your boss or with your partner, with the person that, you know, I mean, there's a boundary there that you have to maintain. So you just have to be discerning of how you are going to be. Another one for codependency is fixating on mistakes. This is also a need to be liked by everyone. Wow. Who has been there? That will keep you stuck for life if you need to be liked by everybody. A sign that you're on the right path is if you have like some sort of enemy, not an enemy, but somebody who disagrees with you and maybe doesn't like you and and that's okay and that's something that I've learned this past year that has not been easy that as I've changed people have been uncomfortable with it and might not like me anymore and that was really hard for me because then we have a choice we can either stay stuck and just feel small and not be who we really are and live the life that we truly want to live because it makes these people uncomfortable. But you know what? That's never an issue with you. That's an issue with the other person that they feel maybe uncomfortable in their own life and can only see, like I said at the beginning, to a certain extent. A need to always be in a relationship is another sign. Wow. How many of us have been there too? It wasn't until five years ago that I took a break from relationships and then I met Derek and, you know, thankfully our relationship has like no semblance of codependency because I spent many years codependent and then many years deliberately alone so that I could just figure my stuff out. Another sign of codependency is denying one's needs, thoughts, and feelings. Hello, that's what I've been saying. So you don't speak up. You don't say what you need. Somebody does something to you and you don't feel comfortable to tell them the way that you made the way that made you feel and like that's really not cool intimacy issues is another big one confusing love and pity so if you feel bad for somebody maybe you think that you need to stay with them and love them um another one is fear of abandonment and i think that as humans that is a big one that we might you know deal with a lot of the time i think ultimately that's one of our core needs is to not feel rejected and when you feel rejected it doesn't feel good but we can do things in our lives and treat ourselves with a certain level of love and respect and dignity 
and believe that we have the self-worth to deserve these things, which is what this is really about. So this really isn't just about relationships. Like I said, once you figure yourself out, I feel like so many times we look outside and we worry about what are they thinking of me? What are they doing? And are they okay? I will sacrifice the way that I feel so that they feel comfortable. So many times we look on the outside for people what they what they think of us and we take that as like gospel. When in actuality the you know something that we can do is really just focus on ourselves and fo- not in a narcissistic way, just like taking care of our own needs because we love and respect and value ourselves and we deserve to be treated a certain way. And as long as we focus internally on ourselves in order to maintain a certain amount of integrity and honesty with ourselves, then the chips can fall where they may. And that is very hard. And it's it might not go the way that you want to, but I guarantee you that it is all okay. And things turn out the way that they are supposed to because then we are not grasping, we are not forcing things to be a certain way. We're not controlling. Think of those words right now. Think of how grasping, attachment, codependent, think of like the energy of those words. It feels very itchy and sticky, right? And it doesn't feel good, even though that might make you feel more comfortable to like have everything be the same and you still relying on the opinions of other people, even though that might feel comfortable, it doesn't feel good. So we have a choice. We can either, you know, choose to feel a little uncomfortable in the way that we, you know, um, in the way that we, what's the word that I'm looking for? In the way that we um, behave, that's not the word I was looking for, but in the way that we behave and we can feel uncomfortable there, but then we can feel comfortable with the way that things are evolving in our lives slowly. Um, And that might even be uncomfortable too at the beginning, but at least we can feel at peace and know that like, okay, this is the way it was supposed to be. Even if it's not the way that I want it to be, it has to be okay. And that might be really uncomfortable at the beginning, but I promise that that gets better, that this is a skill that we have to try and open our voices up a little bit first and it might be shocking to the people in your life and that is okay too. So that was my preface to all of these tips that are going to be just a few things that you can do to start feeling better and um, sort of recover from the codependent patterns in your life. So the first thing is to start being honest with yourself that's so hard. And, you know, a lot of the time we do things that we don't want to do, and that's just a waste of time and energy. And it also can breed a lot of resentment. Like you say that you, you think that you don't want to do this thing and then you do it and then you're there and you're like, I don't even want to be here. Now, I understand that in certain relationships there is sacrifice and there's certain things that we just kind of have to do sometimes. I think there's a difference and I think that you can feel that difference. Let's say somebody has, you know, let's say you need to pick somebody up at the airport. You might not want to, but like you should because you're a loving partner. Um, Maybe not for everybody, but it's important to discern like when do I really just don't want to do something? That might be the airport example, but when do I really not want to do something and when can I really be supportive to somebody 
and still not want to, and still maybe not feel like doing it, but still show up for them because I love them. Um, that's a case by case sort of thing that you will have to evaluate in your heart how that feels. But you have to be honest in your communication and expressing your needs and your desires. And again, this might be a brand new thing for you. So the moment that you start doing this and saying, no, I don't want to do that. Or no, I don't want to go to a bar. No, I would prefer to go to the farmer's market. Or no, I don't want to stay out late tonight, which is a big one for me. Uh, I don't want to stay out late tonight. Can we do something earlier? No, I don't want to stay up until, you know, the wee hours of the morning. I want to do something else. So you can start small, maybe practice with somebody that you trust and that you're close to, but I promise that your relationships will cultivate more trust once you are honest with the way that you feel. Second thing is to become aware of your negative thinking patterns. And, you know, sometimes we bring these relationships into our lives, these bad ones, because we think that it's what we deserve. So when we think like, God, I'm the worst, I, you know, you have all of these like subconscious beliefs and stuff and we start thinking these things and then we attract those things into our lives. So just become aware of the way that you're thinking, the beliefs that you have, the patterns that you have, and then begin to keep a journal about them, but begin to dismantle them and begin to catch them when they start happening. Because remember, all of those gross thoughts about yourself are not you. The second thing, or the third thing, is to take things person. Don't take things personally. I mean, so this is this might be the biggest thing, and this is something that I still struggle with, even with my husband. Um, of like, he never has bad intentions towards me ever, like no malice. But sometimes he will do things like any other human, and I just take it personally because I'm very sensitive. So that has been a big thing in our relationship of just like. No, he's just like being himself and who's a very sweet person and very, um, you know, loving towards me. But I think that we can make up a story about anything that happens. So really try not to take things personally, in, especially in intimate relationships um, and accept how other people are if you really do love them uh, and you want to keep them in your life if they are treating you well. We shouldn't try to grasp relationships that aren't for us anymore. Another thing is to consider maybe going to a counselor or seeing a therapist or something in a relationship that you might want to save. So having a third party there that's unbiased is very beneficial. So if this feels very overwhelming, then, you know, have somebody else in there who can really help you out too. Peer support is great. So there's Codependence Anonymous, which is a support group, kind of like AA, but for codependents and uh, people who have love addiction and stuff. So this basically will just help you break free from your codependent behavior patterns. Um, And again, if you're feeling like this is really, really getting in the way of your life, then it's just something looking into. Maybe start reading that Codependent No More book and then seeing what, what you think after that and how you feel after that. Another thing is boundaries. And this is, this might be the biggest one because you think that you are being kind by not having boundaries. You think that you are 
allowing people to, do you think that you're carefree and just amazing because, you know, I don't have any boundaries so people can like call me at whatever time and I will do whatever they want. And having no boundaries and not, this is something that I learned from my coach, my old coach, Jill Coleman, that not having boundaries is selfish because, and when I first heard that, I found it really confusing, but it's actually true because if we don't have boundaries, then we are going to end up doing things that we don't want to do when the person probably expects that we do want to do them if we are saying yes and allowing it in our lives. And what happens then is that we build resentments and relationships end up eroding. So in that particular relationship that I was talking about before, where that person, where I did not establish any boundaries at all with this person, they were used to, you know, me being there for them at at any moment. And uh, when I said, no, I, I can't do that or I don't want to anymore, they sort of lost their sense of self in our relationship and the identification of, you know, Ashley is always going to be available in the moment that I put something up there as like, hey, this might not be good or this, I need something different. I can't do this for you right now. The relationship ended. And that really has nothing to do with you necessarily if that happens. It just means that that person can't handle that, which means that they don't really respect you, which is hard. But what I'm saying is that this can bring us a lot of awareness, this whole process. And then once we have the awareness, we can make the decision of like, okay, is this worth keeping in my life or is it better to go a different route, which is okay too. So another thing that really helps is asking for what you need. So this goes along with boundaries. This goes along with being honest, but say the things that you really need in your life to the people around you and say what works and say what doesn't work. It's so underrated to do that. And, you know, it's something that you can take baby steps towards, but that that really, really helps. Another thing that is extremely helpful is that you can begin letting go of what people think about you. And you can begin letting go of what other people are doing. And that's really hard. especially if you are used to, you know, having that create a sense of identity for you. And something that can really help, so a practice that you can do here, I, as you know, I always like to give you all tools instead of just saying these things. It's like, yeah, that sounds nice, but like now, like what do I actually do? When it comes to being in, wanting to be in control, controlling everything around you, you know, When you care too much about what other people think, that is essentially, you know, a system of control because we want to control what others think. And when it doesn't go along with the controlled picture that we have in our head, then we get upset and that can be really hard. So something that we can do here is build a level of awareness so that when that thought comes in, we're redirecting it into something different redirecting it into something positive. You know, maybe take a moment to have compassion for yourself in that moment of 
perhaps saying to yourself, you know, oh my gosh, I'm really triggered right now because I found out that this person is thinking this thing of me and it's very upsetting to me. First, acknowledge whatever it is that you're feeling and accept it. Uh, that you're feeling that way because many of the reasons that we get into codependent relationships in the first place is because we have a compulsion to just always be around other people. We can't really recognize the way that we feel. We don't want to sit with our feelings, which is hard and is a practice in and of itself. But by acknowledging what we feel, it means that our actions will be pure and genuine and sincere because we are honoring and operating from that place. So when we do that, first assess and see what is happening, then see, like really bring the awareness to it, you know, identify where in your body you're feeling it, identify the feeling itself, and then begin to redirect the thoughts, create some mantras for yourself or some mantras for yourself of, you know, this might be uncomfortable, but it is for my highest good, or what other people think of me is none of my business. Only what I think of myself really matters. So that's a big one too. Um, And I know that it can be really hurtful sometimes if you are obsessed with like what other people are doing and what they're up to. And that can feel like it's out of your control as well. But that goes back to honoring what you feel and saying to yourself, I feel upset, I feel mad, I feel jealous, I feel whatever it is, and then work on doing some positive things that will make you feel better. Maybe you can, you know, call somebody who is your friend, or you can read a positive book, or you can go on a walk and feel the earth beneath your feet. These are all little things, but they really, really do help. So those are just some things that you can do in your codependent relationships or if you're on that spectrum of even having a little bit of it. I think, like I said, that we all have a little bit of this. Something that I wanted to get into now is the topic of friendships and the fact that I think that when we are younger, you know, I'm 33, so I am entering a different part of my life right now. Um, And I think that when we are younger, we can expect the people that we are really close to to stay close with us forever, in a sense, and that things are always going to be this way. And that is a sense of control, again, because we want, we are forcing or wanting things to stay a certain way. And that's definitely something that I did, Uh, especially as I let go of alcohol. And if you're out there, it's likely if you're listening to this podcast that you are somebody who likes to eat healthy or is embarking on a healthy journey, that is really like my journey with my health and my journey with my business are the two things that sort of brought a magnifying glass and a microscope even to these other parts of my life and my relationships. And that really made me evaluate like, wait, what do I actually want to do? And who do I actually want to keep? And What is it that I want to feel in my life? And once I eliminated alcohol, I realized that a lot of my friendships didn't really have a lot of substance anymore, that alcohol was the glue that held them together. And that was a painful process because I no longer wanted to do certain things that only revolved around alcohol or go certain places that only revolved around alcohol. And I can tell you right now that the friends that are really for you will be okay with that and they will 
totally be willing to do something else and that'll actually strengthen the friendship. So it's a win-win scenario. It's not easy, but you know, the, the friends that are not for you will, you know, you might go your separate ways or just to have a little bit of a more distant relationship, which is okay. But the friends that are really for you will get strengthened. And that is just such an amazing thing. And I can really say that from my own experience, that's what's happened to me. The friends that I've had that, you know, were still people that I drank with or people that I ate crappy food with, you know, all the time, which is, which was how my diet was, uh, before. Um, now that I'm different and I, you know, really value my health and and my business and, and the things that I do in my life and my relationships, of course, I value that they became like five times as strong. So, you know, I always think quan quality over quantity is a big thing. You really don't need like 30 good friends. I thought that that's what was true. I really thought that you needed like 40 or 50 good friends. Yeah, of course you can have acquaintances. You can have people that you see and you talk to and you're civil with and stuff. But the people that you are really going to be there for and show up for and feel close to those people for me are like five people or less, like maybe seven people in the world. Um, And even if you have just one, like you've won if you only have one person because that person is there for like it exists in your life. And again, this process isn't really easy. Um, it's really hard to, to let go of those things sometimes when things aren't working. And another thing is that you can pay attention to how you feel. If you're sort of evaluating what is working in your life and what isn't, you can evaluate how you feel after you hang out with a friend or a group of friends. So with certain friends, I would feel really inspired and like my heart was filled And like my soul was filled and like just so happy and glowing. Like that's how how I feel when I'm around somebody who I really love talking to. Like I just feel so inspired to go create. And, you know, as humans, we need connection. So I feel like that's one of like our core needs in health. So when we are tapping into that deep parts of the deep part of ourselves And we can share that with another person and they can like mirror it back to us and recognize it and share and connect. Then that is really like a a core desired need for us. Did that make sense? (laughs) The core desired need. Um, It's a core desire. So it's like this human part of ourselves is being like, you know, um, you know, like taken care of. So we feel good. Like we feel it's like a deep breath and exhale to be with that person On the other hand, there's other times that you might feel insecure or just like bad feeling in your shoulders. Like that's what I would feel just like, oh, like you just feel worse. And if you're feeling worse after hanging out with somebody, that's definitely a sign that perhaps it's that relationship is reaching its expiration point. And that is okay. Like I hope I've reiterated that throughout this whole thing. Like it doesn't have to be this thing where you go in and you like bulldoze stuff down and you're like, that's it. I'm cutting ties and you're done. Like it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't even have to be bad. There doesn't have to be malice. You can simply just 
maybe stop hanging out with them as much. Like maybe don't go to as many things or separate the, you know, the frequency in which you are attending certain things. Um, and you can just sort of let it fizzle out. Now you don't have to come to somebody and take them out to lunch and say like, I'm done and I'm not going to be hanging out with you anymore. I think if you just allow things to settle naturally and just follow your own intuition and allow things to just kind of like when the dust settles, like think of that image, like in a snow globe, like you shake it and then everything's going crazy. And then when things settle down, like that's where it's supposed to be. So it doesn't have to be this dramatic thing. It can just be like, "Mm, this is the way my life is now. And I think by mentally, my coach Mike Zeller always says this, to decide means to cut off. So I feel like many times we're going back and forth, like, do I want to, you know, be friends with that person? Do I not want to? And is it worth it? And blah, blah, blah. Once we sort of decide in our heads, in our, in our minds, decide like, I am ready for other people or I, this friendship is just not one that I want to put as much effort in anymore because it's just not making me feel great through no fault of like, it's not, doesn't mean that other person is bad. It's just like, you're just going down different paths and that's okay. Um, I think that we can decide and have an intention of like, okay, I'm just ready to sort of like close the door on that relationship. If I see some, if I see them out, like it's totally fine, we can catch up and talk to each other and give each other a hug and a kiss or whatever. Uh, and, and it can be okay. It doesn't have to be this traumatic thing. So I think that if, again, a person is making you feel worse, if a person is not allowing you to speak, like if you want to share something with them and they like cut you off or just don't want to listen to you or look annoyed, like that person's not for you anymore. If that's something that you value in a relationship, which personally I do. So I think it has to be reciprocated. Or if somebody is like rolling their eyes or like just really being judgmental, like that just doesn't feel good. And if you feel, if somebody's doing something shitty to you and you feel like you can't tell them, that's a red flag too. And maybe they don't have the space to hear you. Um, and it's okay. Like if somebody does something and they don't mean that much to you for you to just kind of let it slide, like whatever, it's not worth me, you know, being honest with them. That's okay too. Uh, especially if they're not that close to you, like whatever, who cares? Uh, we might get a little stung by it, but it's okay. Um, because we don't value them as much. So we don't really need to show up and be as honest with them. Um, obviously this is a spectrum too, but if you are feeling something and that person is dismissing you and not getting into, um, a a talk that you might want to have, then that's a sign too. Like that doesn't feel good. So just pay attention to those things because friendships don't have to be hard. Like I have had scuffles in probably all my friendships, but, and maybe that feels a little bit hard, Uh, in the moment, but like as a whole, friendships shouldn't have to feel forced. They shouldn't have to feel difficult. They don't have to feel draining, like an energy suck because we're all busy and we're all adults. We have things to do in our lives and like the time that we, you know, put for leisure, it should actually be spent doing things that you want to do. And I found myself sort of getting to a place where I didn't want to do certain things and I really had to just listen to that. 
and do what was best for my life at the moment. Um, which was not easy and it was definitely a process. So that's something that I want, you know, you all to realize as I'm talking. Um, and something that else that I want to say is like, maybe if you are sort of distancing yourself from certain people and you don't want to, like you want just something new and fresh in your life, but you are still holding on, it's unlikely that something new is going to come into your life. I'm a big believer that once we once we want to call something in, we have to let go of something because that will create the energetic space for it to come in. And there's a lot of trust that is involved here. So if you are somebody who is spiritually minded, somebody who can really get behind the faith, like I like to say, or that's actually the first time that I've said that. But if you have faith and you trust the universe, I am such a big believer that if you trust that the right people are going to come into your life and you can be strong enough, because that's what it takes here. It's going to take strength for you to speak up for yourself and say what you want, even say to yourself what you want and know that, you know, sometimes your actions are might make people uncomfortable and like that's okay sometimes um especially if you are on a path that is just different um but you are going to have to create the space energetically to just say like okay like I'm just moving on from like just going on different paths and it's okay like I'm over here doesn't mean you don't love those other people you can I mean there's nothing wrong but it's just a fact of reality that like things might feel a little bit different. And I'm such a believer that when you do that and you sort of like make that decision that the universe brings you people that are for you. And it is so scary to go there because it's like, oh my God, what if like nobody comes with me to this other side? For me personally, I went through that, you know, a couple years ago, just like sort of deciding like, okay, evaluating, you know, I, I mentioned to you all that I, in October, it'll be two or three years that I went on Prozac and I went through sort of a long period of depression. And that really opened my eyes into like, okay, now I have to be really deliberate about taking care of myself and respecting myself and just being honest with myself about the way that I want to operate in the world in relation to other people. And that sort of like, you know, sifted, I sifted everything through, you know, a sieve and what stuck is what stuck and what fell away, fell away. It's kind of like the snow globe analogy. But once I made that decision, I had so many people literally flood into my life and people who were like me and on the same sort of path. And I have so much gratitude for the amount and quality of people that I have been able to meet. And I really believe that it was because I decided. I decided that I wanted something different for my life. And it again, it doesn't have to be this whole big dramatic show. You can still love certain people, but you can evolve. And I guarantee you that if you do what is true for you and what is best for you and focus on yourself and make yourself the most magnetic person out there by feeling comfortable in their skin, by all of these things, by saying no, by speaking their truth, by setting boundaries, by doing the things that you want to do, 
that magnetism will attract other people into your life. And we have to believe in that attraction instead of going and chasing or forcing. Think of that energy. Think of that energy between like forcing, grabby, attachy versus something that just settles into place and is attracted naturally because it's just like the way of the world and the way of the universe. It just feels so much better. So that is it for this episode, even though it was a little longer that I want than I wanted it to be, as always. But I hope you all got some actionable tips and tools. I hope that you got some insight if you are dealing with this. I know that many people that I'm talking to lately are going through this and it's so hard. And I am happy to give my insights, even though they sort of came as at an expense of, you know, feeling uncomfortable and feeling, you know, just suspended up in the air and taking a risk. But remember that, I think I said this on the last podcast episode of Self-Sabotage, that we would prefer to stay in a familiar misery than going into a better unknown. So trust and focus on you. Focus on the things that make you happy. Focus on the things that make you feel good and great and allow things to settle where they are meant to settle and if it doesn't feel good then trust that they will end up the way that they are supposed to so i love you all and i'm so grateful to you all that listen to this episode i mean listen to this podcast we have hundreds of people that listen to this podcast every week and that makes me so happy and honestly it is the my favorite thing that i do And just speaking openly and honestly to you all and sharing my insights, um, it just really means the world to me. And I could not be more grateful for those of you that give me your, you know, most valuable resource, which is your time. So next week, we are going to start with more interviews. I have a lineup of incredible guests and I cannot wait to interview them, and even more importantly, have you all listen to those episodes. So stay tuned. Have a wonderful day. As always, contact me via Instagram. You can always send me a DM. Um, But yeah, I love you all. Have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.